This is the sweet sound of success with Sue Wilhite, Profit Attraction Master. Barb Horn, MBS, is a certified alchemical hypnotherapist, inspirational speaker, trainer, and levity and laughter coach. She is the founder of the All Embracing Change community, which supports individuals in a journey to uncover and claim their wisdom, voice, and power, which can be found at allembracingchange.com. Dr. Randy Crutcher is a psychologist, personal coach, organizational consultant, and author. He is a master trainer for the Passion Test Facilitator courses, working globally to support professionals helping people get clarity about their passions and purpose in order to leave more fulfilling lives and transform our world. Randy and Barb are the co-authors of the Divine Dog Wisdom Cards and Guidebook, an oracle wisdom deck designed to reflect the truth in our hearts using the honesty of dogs and how they teach us about life. Dogs are naturally forgiving, joyful, loyal, and present. Please join me in welcoming Barb Horn and Dr. Randy Crutcher. Wow, what a great intro. I am so thrilled to have Randy and Barb here on the show. I'm so looking forward to hearing about the deck and their story. And that was your formal bio, right? And so tell me, tell me who you really are. Tell me what, what you're really about and tell me, you know, what, who Barb and Randy are. Mm, thanks, Sue. Um, what listeners, viewers might not know about me is that I'm a, I'm a man who really values close relationships and I have very close intimate relationships with both men and women. And uh, I have a wonderful, wonderful life partner and business partner of 30 years, my wife, Karen. And our work and creativity comes right out of our passions and our shared interests. Uh, Barb and I have been friends for a long time. And I can also share that um, I'm often perceived uh, as a man who is unafraid to express his feminine side, uncomfortable and at home with that part of me and um, believe that and, and help others really bring those elements together within themselves. Here, wow. here. Cool. Here. Yeah. And what about you, Barb? Well, what some people may not know about me is I have a persona of I come across strong, I'm bold, I'm edgy, I'm funny. But what I don't really expose and share, and I'm trying to be more vulnerable that way, is that that is not my experience of myself. <laughs> Most of the time, I navigate this Grand Canyon landscape of self-doubt. Am I enough? Will people like what I create? And I often uh, struggle in that, but I also laugh at it because I think that's where a lot of the creative uh, tension comes from my creative process is navigating that. Here's how people experience me, but here's what's really going on inside and how much of you share. And so... Uh, this is a great venue to say, that's really how I feel about myself, no matter what you're experiencing for me. And, and I think it's a human condition. Right. And artists, I hear this all the time from creative people. I hear this all the time from executives. Right. You know, I come across as this really incredibly stunning, dynamic, powerful person who's done all this great stuff. And I'm going, 
<laughs> exactly. You know, inside, right? We've all got our inner children who are um, not necessarily feeling like it's okay to come out and play. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. It's time. <laughs> it is, you know, and and blessings on you, Randy, for for being open to your feminine side. We so need more guys to do that, right? To yeah. be okay with that, to know Thank that you. that's a source of power. Thank you so much. And I mean, I, I'm also called a man's man because I really have uh, been involved. Uh, a lot in men's groups and men's gatherings and have led men's vision quests and we'll maybe talk more about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you both know that this show is organized around the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell, right? And so the way that the show goes is we talk about your ordinary beginning um, although I don't think anybody is ordinary. So. <laughs> we all have our beginnings. And then there's a call to action. And the call to action is, for the purposes of this program, is going to be what, what brought out your wonderful deck that we're going to talk about later. And what, what triggered that? And what was the reason that you felt like you needed to go through the work of creating a deck? And I will, I will say, as a deck creator and uh, knowing a lot of deck creators, this is way harder than just writing a book. <laughs> this is a process. And so the call to action, you know, there, there needed to be something that was really, you know, trumpets and timpani <laughs> that brought you to this. And then there's, of course, the challenges and obstacles that every creative person goes through. As I said, deck creation is somewhat of a challenge, uh, all in of itself. And then there's the coming back home where you've changed, you're different, you're now a deck creator um, or deck creators, and, and it's different. You now have that as part of your idea of yourself of who you are in the world. And so this is something different. And how does that land with the people who knew you before? And how does that show up in your new ordinary life? <laughs> as it were. So um, let's just jump into it and talk about the ordinary beginning. How did this all start? For me, it all started decades of, I'm a river ecologist, and for 30 years, I've been helping students and citizens in my state job save and restore and advocate for their rivers, doing this science, doing this science all along. And I became a scientist and, and a river ecologist because in my high school, when I sat down with my high school counselor, and they say, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, I want to be a counselor. I want to be a psychiatrist. I want to. And he looked at me and said, don't do that. There's no money in that. And at that age, I didn't know about projection or anything like that. So I said, okay, I'll go do my next love, which was rivers. Wow. So all, exactly. All along my river career, which has been so, so uh, rewarding, working with people and their passions and rivers, I've been doing 
doing the side work of healing hearts. And my slogan for my program became, protecting rivers is not a matter of rivers, it's a matter of the heart. So I think my ordinary beginning is I became a scientist, but all along I never left that passion of really helping people and healing hearts. And I'll, that's kind of the impetus when I came to this conclusion where I can heal more hearts by helping people, heal more rivers, excuse me, by helping people here and heal relationships on the planet by helping people heal their hearts. Wow. So they need the call for me to start really doing something different like the Divine Dog Deck. So Randy. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. Um, the ordinary life, that whole concept, right? I've always rejected that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I have too. <laughs> even, even though I was a good boy and conformed, you know, and did well, and I, I navigated the school system. As a matter of fact, I had spent a lot of my life in the school system all the way through teaching college, you know, going through degree programs and whatnot. But I still felt as though my life was fairly nonlinear. I began as an educator under a grant as a male men's health educator. That's, you know, I referred to, the, to some of my work with men, but that was in my 20s. I began doing that work and opening one of the country's first men's centers for men's health and well-being. And uh, from there, I, went, I started working with more women and, and uh, worked with Planned Parenthood. It was the education director there. And from there, I uh, started working more with college students, teaching psychology, sociology courses more of what sounds ordinary, right? And, but then I was really disaffected with um, academia and, and, uh, and the goal, some of the institutional goals and um, not walking the talk. And so I started working with uh, young people and former gang members in awesome. conservation corps and just felt more passion and more aliveness in that learning process where they were learning by doing, not just sitting in a classroom. And, and from there, as I mentioned, uh, you know, working with working with men in counseling groups, and I did create a uh, Men Who Batter uh, intervention program group um, uh, counseling for men who batter. One of the first, also in the country, and worked with across the country as a consultant for those programs. And uh, it, uh, another hop, skip, and jump to where I am now. I'm actually uh, coaching um, counselors and uh, coaches to uh, utilize uh, what, what's called the passion test, which is a really mm -hmm. powerful, simple tool helping people get greater clarity about what really makes their heart sing, what gives them their highest sense of purpose, and then to live that. And so we train facilitators, my wife and I, in a four-day course to use that tool as a standalone tool or in their practice. So that's kind of my, my work dimension trajectory with some of the, all of the men's work was all Randy work, by the way. And that's why I was so passionate about that. You know, how do I really embrace my full humanity as, as we spoke earlier and, uh, and, you know, navigate this pretty perilous world around what a man is supposed to be and supposed to do. Wow. So those are your um, not quite so ordinary beginnings. What was um, what I call the boot in the back? <laughs> that yes. propelled you forward. Oh wait, they call it a call to action. Um, yeah. Sounds so gentle. Yeah, right, right. Like, you know, somebody picks up the phone, hey, you want to create a deck? No, that's not the way it works. No, no. <laughs> I call it a boot stamping me down into my grave. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. Um, 
Wow, really powerful. Yeah, so I think what catalyzed me is I was cruising along in this sort of parallel life. And in my 40s, I started to have some health issues. I had a couple near-death experiences on rivers, no less. Um, and at work, it was the coming. I created drama. I can look back on it now. And I created drama and crisis about my identity and value because I wasn't valuing myself. And it was extremely, because work and I was so successful in this career, it was my identity. It was my everything. So it was just being challenged and I was physically challenged. And I just had to stop. And the whole world around me, if it was around the 9-11, the two Bush administrations, not to get political, whatever everybody else feels. For me, I just was feeling extremely depressed, extremely hopeless. And I knew I had to change my energy. I knew I had to do something different because I was just putting out fear and the same vibration. So I had my kind of coming to Jesus <laughs> moment, if you will, my dark night of the soul physically emotionally, security, job-wise, uh, wanting to, I actually got transferred, which meant I lost my job. Wow. I was just felt like raw. And I said, I got to change. I got to change. And what I changed really was my relationship with myself that gave me this foundation to actually believe that I could create something like the Divine Dawn Wisdom Deck. So, and not going down that rabbit hole very long. <laughs> I think it's human to go down that rabbit hole. But it's how you come out and when you choose to come out. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And identity is such, it's a huge part of what I do um, in my work is figuring out what your identity really is. <laughs> and on my birth chart, that's where my work is, you know, it's <laughs> house number one. So I learned a lot about that. <laughs> and Randy, what about you? So really, I. I I recognize now in retrospect that my first midlife crisis was in my early 30s. <laughs> I had mentioned that I had done this work with uh, family violence and uh, you know working with men who batter. And uh, all of a sudden, one day, it was like the, a plug had been pulled and my passion for it had just drained away. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, I, this is my professional identity. I, you know, this is, I created these programs. I was a real pioneer in this movement. How could I not be interested? How could I not be passionate about this anymore? It's really why later on I found the valuable tool that I wish I'd had earlier in life, the passion test. Anyway, um, so I went, to, uh, I went to a psychic. I had my first psychic reading. And in that reading, uh, all those years ago, I remember it was said that, oh, you will be in, you will be writing in your late 50s, in your 60s, you'll be writing books, you'll be publishing it. At that time, I was already, uh, you know, I was, I loved writing. I was passionate about writing from grade school on. And uh, over the course of time and my professional career was writing professionally and, and for some magazine uh, wrote some magazine articles and essays, and always letters to the editor. Uh, and yet it wasn't happening. So all of a sudden, in my late 50s, um, another psychologist uh, came to me with a manuscript, a rough draft of a what would become a popular positive psychology book about passion. And he said, well, this could go somewhere, but I think it would really go somewhere <laughs> if you got interested and Janet Atwood got interested. And what do you think? So I read this pile of papers. That's all it was. 
And I go, wow, there's really something here, but it needs a lot of work. And so I dove in and uh, I go, okay, okay. So I can reorganize this thing. I can rewrite this thing. I can make my contributions and have my experience. And this could really be something. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, that psychic reading. Oh, maybe. Oh, <laughs> this is it. It's this is emerging, you know, and the process has been slow. It's been several years, but uh, this book is ready to launch soon. Uh, it's called The Passion Principle, a companion volume to the Passion Test book. And I go, okay, well, this, you know, I'm an avid reader, have been all my life. And I did that same thing that we do to ourselves where we go, who am I? Who am I to write a book? There's so many good books out there and a zillion books, psychology books. And now the self-help books, it's like 10 million self-help books. What, what's the point? So I constantly had to struggle with that and just push that mindset aside and go, I have a unique contribution to make and a stamp to put on this that no one else can offer. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mark came along. Mark came along while I was in that process. And we had this idea. Dogs turned us on to this idea of creating our first and first wisdom of cards. So. so so tell me a little bit more about that. How did the how did the divine dogs <laughs> start wagging their tails and <laughs> nosing you to the door? Okay, Barbara's gonna take it from here. Well, we when we get together, you can probably imagine we have all kinds of philosophical discussions about what's going on in the world and what's going on in our own hearts. And we were out skiing one day, house-seeing a bunch of dogs, my dogs, some other dogs, the uh, illustrator's dogs, in snow in, in Colorado. And somebody made the comment about this little beagle. There's no way this beagle could run around in the snow. And by the end of our little trek, you know, they had done twice as many miles as we had. And while we were out watching them and laughing and observing their behavior, we were kind of in this mode of how much they teach us, how much nature teaches us, how much animals. And, we, you know, let's do a creative project together. We've been bouncing off each other. We're both Geminis, so we just have all these words going all, on between us. All four us. of us. <laughs> You're really interviewing four people here. And we said, you know, let's do it. Let's, we love dogs. Uh, I love my dog. Uh, always love dogs. Let's just go for it. Let's play. Let's have fun. See where it goes. So we committed the next year to getting together like every other month at each other's houses and just playing with words, then playing with pictures and images and channeling, you know, what, what we first came up with this list of what we wanted to tell the world. But then as we worked with the dogs, they're like, no, that's not us. No, you need to say this. So then we, that iterative process with the photos, the images, the art and the words and the phrases, it all came together and it really felt like, Dogs were saying another gift from dogs, if you will. Here's the deck. Nice, nice, and and you won last year. <laughs> really a surprise, a blessing. So much gratitude. Yes. Uh, really a surprise. Yeah. So, so congratulations for that. You winning the uh, the product of the year, um, and uh, did you also win the uh, divination or the personal? I think it was the inspirational product it's category. Inspirational product category, yeah. and um, for this wonderful deck. So tell me, tell me some of your favorites uh, from the deck. 
and then we'll get on to um, some of the challenges and the and the yeah. coming home again. Okay. But I really good. Do I do. I'm do you want us to hold up the card? Sure. Yeah. Well, I can. I just did. Actually, it's kind of a it's a sweet picture. It's a dog who has busted out the bottom part of a fence board and is sticking its head out. And yeah, yeah and actually, well, the phrase is be bold. I'm just giving you to say the phrase is be bold. Phrase each of the cards as a phrase, a theme, an image, a phrase, and breakthrough is be bold. So though both Barb and I are more on the extroverted side. We have an, a very clear introverted side that, you know, we don't want to necessarily be exposed all the time to the world. And so this card is a summons for me, um, and I think both of us, to just really step out. You know, we have what it takes to offer a tremendous uh, gift, and now we're getting some, you know, external accolades that really help with that process. To right. reward and reinforce that being bold and taking a step forward into the publishing world really was the right thing to do yeah Great. and for me you know we uh we're very witty so there's a lot of puns and when you open the guidebook it says what it means if you fetch the card today and then it has a section another bone to chew on and it's filled with puns to bring some deep stuff lighter levity i think a lot of the healing arts have messed missed out on using laughter and levity. We needed to be serious for a long time, and now it's time to bring levity back. In fact, my tagline is learn to love, love to live, live to laugh. So along those lines, uh, we wanted to create, a lot of times when you give a, this deck to somebody, they're like, what is it, a playing card deck? So we definitely included a wild card <laughs> and a joker. So I just, I'm such the humorist that my, one of my favorite cards is the joker. Nice. And it's a picture of a prairie dog. And when we were researching these photos and these images, you'd be amazed. Here out there at TV world, amazed at the number of people who have prairie dogs as pets, have them on leashes and dress them up in doll clothes. It's true. I would be amazed. I have never heard of this in my life. And the tagline is, the Joker card is, things are never as they seem. Which... I love in my own hero's journey because, you know, we take everything personally. We take everything literally, and that's so suffering cause, right? And right. to really depersonalize it, detach from it, things are never as they seem, and you need to ask, you need to inquiry, et cetera. So that was one of my favorite cards. And then I think another one that symbolizes my own journey here is the Breakthrough card is a really great deck that symbolizes our process is significance. Uh, little dog between the big dogs and the tagline is you be you and it's so fun to have people draw these and they're as you know oracle decks are magical yes. they're yes. just the right person when they get this and they're like in that little spark of a moment they're like oh i do matter i, I am significant it gives me a chills when i even talk about it yes you feel that energy happen and that's what we feel like we're planting little seeds all over the place but then on the other hand we have unlikely cards i mean how many uh oracle decks have a boredom card oh nice and nice. we're talking about when when we when we talk about this we're talking about both both the shadow and the light aspects you positive and negative some people call it so that people get a full picture of 
what's what of humanity, what's going on in their lives is is both forces, you know, that creative tension between the shadow and the light, so they can work with both of those aspects. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's challenging, Sue, because we have we have shame, we have guilt in the deck, we yeah. have lust, and dogs don't shame, but we shame them. Bad dog, no biscuit, right? And so it's it's I think it's a gift. We really had to stru- uh, argue with this creative process and our publisher and things about no, no one wants to pull that. I'm like, well, how can it be an oracle deck if it's part of humanity? Right. And right. What we- no purple washing. And it's, and it's and it's not just Brene Brown that gets to talk about shame, you it's, know. It's, I mean, her pioneering work allowed people to really bring this yeah. out and talk about it, bring it to light, to transform it. So we're really pleased. We're already getting reports and stories from HR professionals, teachers, counselors, and therapists. Uh, there was a, actually a feature story in the New Mexico, uh, uh, the Santa Fe New Mexico newspaper about a therapist using the cards with her client and how that was a bridge to really digging deeper into the, the issues, starting on a light note with the whimsical nature right. and the lovability of dogs. Right, right. Wonderful. So talk about some of those challenges since we, you know, talked about some of the shadow stuff. Yeah. What, what came up for you as some of your um, bottom three challenges or bottom two challenges? (laughs) You can't say your top challenges, right? Right. 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 That makes me think about wallowing around in the bottom of a. Our our penultimate challenges. There we go. Great word. I love that word. One of the, I think the next challenges for me, it really challenged security and my relationship with money and my money story. Because as you know, when you start to create, who knew when you create a product that you're going to be in this marketing world, this publishing world, and you're going to be bleeding money and you like to invest in it. No one told you that was part of the creative process. So it really challenges both of our money stories to the degree I actually created a little course for myself and my clients on, on just that. Uh, so security and my beliefs about who I am and reclaiming that were uh, and accepting, really accepting my new role of an archetype of a healer, of a speaker, um, really, really embalm, uh, embracing those roles that were laid out that I played with in my career, but didn't really embrace. So not a new story, but uh, nevertheless, my story and appreciating everybody out there who goes through it, the pain, pain of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mess. <laughs> Total mess. Oh my God. A mess. Oh, the creative mess. And the kind of like mess. How yeah. I cook in the kitchen. Yeah. It's kind of how I cook in the kitchen. Very similar. <laughs> Randy, did you have a uh, penultimate challenge? Uh, yeah, and it'll 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 sound like a um, you know there's another crossroads with my uh, good buddy Barb here. Um, you know, I had a history of working with some large institutions, but never made that commitment to a career that would provide me lasting prestige and, and security and whatnot. And I was that that rebel in me I was talking about before. I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> in the way I want to do it. When you have your own classroom, you can do that, but you're still working within this larger structure that has its restrictions and conformities. And, you know, and um, so it, it was, it's not always been an easy choice to be an entrepreneur, but it, it has been um, a choice. It's this 
what uh, somebody said the other day to me uh, it really rang true. Um, the entrepreneur's challenge is the, what's called the risk tolerance factor. And so what this does for me is similar to what Barbara's sharing is this brings up my fears of inadequacy, uh, my vulnerability, my sense of worth. And, and I mentioned that earlier about who am I to create this? Well, I'm over that. But the challenge now is how do we how do we actually make this little we have to start a little publishing company to launch this product and, and the new ones that are coming down the line. And so it's sort of like all the demands of making that company viable. And uh, it's just a great success to not go bankrupt. You know, it's just a great success. <laughs> <laughs> so with all of the new things I've tried, they've usually been grants and projects and programs and all that stuff. They've been some of them cutting edge. Um, this is really new to me. This is really new to your territory. And as I yeah. said, it does bring up anxiety, fear, depression, hopelessness, right. despair. Right. I mean, those are readily available. <laughs> <laughs> Along with all the Along with all the, the joy and the delight and fun that Barb have Barb and I have when we're in our little creative tunnel together. So how is it for you now that you've published the deck and now that you've won some awards for the deck, how how has that changed you? How does that happen when you are interacting with people in your lives who you know, maybe maybe there's your close family who've been in the trenches with you, I'm sure. But but then there's other folks that now you're coming back to them and going, hey, not only am I an author, but, you know, I've created this deck. And they're going to have a different response to you now. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, let's see. For for me, it's been uh, an interesting path because I'm still working. I'm, I'm two years out from retiring. And now I bring this, of course, a whole different energy to my job. For me to say in this scientific state agency job, I'm an author. Look what I did, this woo-woo product. And yet all of these people I work with, it's a hunting and fishing agency. They love their dogs. They love their animals. And they go, they do the dog thing. They go, <laughs> and so I, I love that that moment there where do you know what an oracle deck is? No, they're like, do you play poker with it? And so to be able to <laughs> I've had people say that databases with it. But um <laughs> so I slowly am letting people know I'm moving towards this because it's a part of my my career, if you will, or my my gift in the world that I haven't shared with people. I work mostly with citizens and teachers and students in the community. So I've been bringing this energy actually to my job, actually showing it and letting them know that I'm leaving. So it, it's been a process of birthing all of this, and this uh -huh. simultaneously to letting go and stepping back and watching me, how that, pay, how that feeds my ego or not, because it's so easy to get accolades over there. But I accept that to leave your legacy, you've got to step down to let someone step in. Right. And I want, and I've been doing that very consciously the past few years, and allowing to be a mentor, to be a true mentor, and really let go, and let it be however folks want it to turn out to be. So that's been a very prevalent dynamic, along with my husband. Of course, has been a huge foundation. He's 15 years older than me, so he's now retired, and he, I'm doing in essence two careers, 
and he would love for me to be done with both. But he has been the rock. He's been our biggest fan. I mean, we he cooks for us on our all of our work. He cooks for us. He takes care of us. He's been our cheerleader. He's our an editor. And it's challenged our own financial and security situation. So like I said, we had to do kind of our own money healing, which has been a side gift. So you're right. It's changed kind of the landscape at home. And I am really looking forward to And all I get to do is this wonderful challenge of the creative process where it's filled with joy and hopelessness and despair and more creativity. But now it's just mine. I don't have to worry about anybody else. Right. Well, in answering that question for me, Sue, I have to begin um, at home, actually, because my home is my office and my spouse is one of my other business partner in my other business. And gosh, my great good fortune is that my, my wife, Karen, have, we've been together over 30 years, has seen me through uh, this new cycle, this new hero's journey at this stage. Right. And she supported me fully um, in this and, and helped really supported me stepping into this uh, in, a, in a more full fledged way into this identity as a published author um, and, and the new rhythms and patterns that it creates in our lifestyle and even how we do our, our home life, you know, right. And, right. and then my emotional swings have been not always easy for either of us. Right. Right. <laughs> and, exactly. And then, and then with Barb and I adding this business, you never know what is going to happen when you add this kind of element to a good friendship. It could mm -hmm. make it. It could break it. It could do whatever to it. Right. 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 So we had this firm foundation of, of loving each other and, and being in this larger group and community of loving friends. So it was actually became the best platform possible, given our creative natures and our senses of humor. <laughs> and everything the sense of humor is, you know, like the saving grace, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, yeah. for any relationship. Absolutely, if we can't laugh. And this is what UnlightenUp.biz, our company, is all about, you know, messages, but with this lightness that helps people um, embrace and accept the, this insight that, that is coming up for them. But I just wanted to say that, so Barb and I added, you know, uh, really different patterns of interaction um, mm -hmm. around now we have, we have deadlines, we have production, we've got these stresses and, you know, Barb has been fantastic partner in all of this. We can, we can have these heart to heart talks about what it's like for us, then get back to business. And that's invaluable. Yes. Just so incredible. And then my men's group has been, they have really been great. One of them is uh, an award-winning corporate package designer, and he produced our beta deck. Before oh, nice. Got to the, the mass printing process and was there for me all the way. And another guy in my men's group was, he was really very involved um, and committed to our crowdfunding, which was our pre-sales campaign that allowed us to generate the, the funds to print the first printing. Wow. Nice. So what's next yeah. on the horizon? Oh, fun. We get to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what's next? Well, we're, you know, our feet are in the fire. So we're continuing to learn the publishing marketing world and embracing that and just truly embracing. It reminded me of pulling up a card 
uh, endurance. Uh-huh. <laughs> endurance. And it's a picture of a dog chasing their beloved ball. Keep your eye on the ball. So we've been trying to do that, keep our focus. And what's, we are in the middle of our Nick's Oracle deck, which is going to be the Cosmic Cat deck. In the- oh, cool. Which pleases many of our, our many of our dog, our, our fans said, when we said we're doing the cat deck, they're like, oh, we like the dog deck, but finally you're doing the real one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and all cats will agree with you. Um, and we I, have, the, I have a mixed household myself, so. A mixed household. Yeah. And we understand that uh, cat whisperers, if you will, are a little more picky and finicky, so we're, we're, we're trying to consult, consult the right Oh, oh, there are. There's some that refuse to uh, purchase the dog dick. They are. They're so. Oh, French. why? But that means we get to hold their paws to the fire <laughs> when it comes out. Yes. Be a catalyst for our future. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, yeah, if you think there, uh, if there is no, there are no end to cat puns. No, no, no. I was going to say, you know, are, is it going to be more successful by a whisker? Um, <laughs> well, I like that. I have, we haven't used that one yet. Thanks, Sue. Yes. And, uh, or will it come in at the tail end? Um, oh! <laughs> See, it's easy so, to do. It's easy. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me started. Well, I am a lifelong paranomasiast. For those people that don't know what that is, that is the official Latin name for a punster. And, Got it. Uh, so that's why this is so fun and therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. You, you and I need to talk, Randy. <laughs> you, you got it. I can spot it when you got it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so any last... Uh, Wisdom that you want to share. Any shout outs? Oh, shout outs. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. We got a couple. Um, we, uh, we have some guides and mentors we'd want to call out to. Yeah. We definitely want to call out to all the dogs that have embraced, embraced our lives over and over. And even the ones who haven't found a family yet still still embrace our lives and 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 those we have a dog wisdom council that we consulted that are in the guidebook two of whom who have already now passed on since since the deck's been out in the world but we honor those all right then well thank you both so much for being on the show this has been delightful this has been so much fun this has been just like having you know a pack of dogs um And, and warm and friendly and all of that good stuff. So thank you for being on the show. My viewers, please go check out their deck. And I will have links for it um, in the notes underneath the show. And go check it out. Go buy it. Um, as we record, Christmas season is around the corner. So go buy gobs of them as gifts for your doggy friends. Um, and for even your cat friends as a preview of things to come. So thank you, and may you be as successful as you can even imagine. Thank you so much, Sue. Thanks, Sue. Love your show. Keep watching it, everybody. (laughs) Thank you.
Uh, I can send you info. We, so we wanted this to be a service product. So we started a shelter program where you adopt a shelter and you can either buy books wholesale for a shelter or a shelter can buy them directly and then they retain the profits for the work of that shelter. Right. Nice. And just as an update, Barb and Randy's new deck, Cosmic Cat Wisdom Cards, won the gold award in the Cover Visionary Awards for 2020 in the category of inspirational and transformational products. Congratulations, Barb and Randy.